Welcome to Two Inches Off the Ground. When you are enlightened, you live your life two inches off the ground. Thank you for downloading this episode. Today's topic is Am I a Narcissist or an Empath? Narcissistic Personality Disorder, or NPD, involves a pattern of self-centered, arrogant thinking and behavior, a lack of empathy and consideration of others, and an excessive need for admiration, as well as controlling and manipulative behavior. Sounds like a ball of fun, huh? Today's topic is close to my heart. I've dated a string of narcissists of varying degrees and then had a major run-in with a narcissistic sociopath who was a close friend. I've unfortunately been around the block with this and I'm pretty good at identifying the traits. If you wanna make sure you don't have narcissistic qualities or tendencies, today's episode is a good test. For all intents and purposes, I'm using the label of narcissist. I know in the metaphysical world, I know with the younger generation, they do not like labels, but I have to use them sometimes, and this is one time. For those of us who are empaths, we are a narcissist magnet. In other words, we have the ability to attract them easily, unless we have solutions, which will come later in this episode. Why as empaths do we attract narcissists so easily? Well, we often see the best in people and we tend to paint red flags white. Or if someone shows us their true colors right off the bat, we ignore it and say, oh, he's being too hard on himself, poor guy. Or hey, maybe I can fix this person. This is a major problem with empaths. There are levels to narcissism. You can have a low-level narcissist to a high-level narcissist. There is someone that I know that I do have to keep in my life, that I keep at a major distance, who's a low-level narcissist. She has a lot of good qualities, but she also has qualities where she's not the nicest person, and she wants people to cater to her, and it's not a good thing let's put it that way and then you have the high level narcissist which is something like a narcissistic sociopath so there are levels to narcissism and that's something to remember that there's a spectrum because you may hear some of these qualities and say wow this person really fits this but they still have some really good qualities to them that's common with a low level narcissist Instead of a boring list of traits you can Google, I put together my list of narcissistic traits, what I've observed from having relationships with narcissists. This list isn't the full list of standard traits. Instead, they are personal to my experiences and should give you a head start if you choose to research further. Number one, grandiose sense of self. In my experience, The narcissist is delusional and out of touch with reality. Here's a funny little example. I'm going to call this person Guy B. So you're going to hear in this episode, Guy A, Guy B, narcissistic sociopath friends, and I think I have friend T, but we're going to talk about Guy B. So many, right? So Guy B, I was dating. I went and visited his country, but before I did, he would talk about his beach house and he would say my beach house and when I retire I'm going to live in my beach house so I end up going to his country and visiting and not only was it not his beach house but he didn't even own it 
his mother and father and his aunt owned it and he was set to inherit it with three other siblings so even even if he inherited it it would be with three other people so you can see that inflated sense of self that inflated sense of oh this is mine now i don't know what it is with beach houses and narcissists but this next example it's the same thing because a narcissistic sociopath, she would call her family's beach house, my beach house. Occasionally she would say our beach house. I found out later on that the grandparents owned it only and that they were in the process of selling it. So again, it wasn't her beach house. I'm someone who I'd like to think is rooted in reality and my parents owned a beach condo years ago and I never called it mine. I always called it theirs. I say their beach condo. So again, you have to worry about the grandiose sense of self and especially in regard to being delusional and out of touch with reality, that is common. Number two, excessive need for admiration. Guy A could not handle if I talked about the success of anyone else, especially in business, even a business person in a magazine, etc. I remember I had read a Forbes article and it was really interesting. It was about a reality star and how she had made her fortune. It was just it was just an interesting article and I wanted to share what I read and he kept going, stop, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. What did I tell you? I don't want to hear it. So anything that was a success of other people, he just didn't want to know about it. The attention has to be on them as narcissists and their successes. Both people, Guy A and Guy B, were highly successful businessmen in the past and lost a lot of money due to divorce, etc., and they could not deal with the current situation. They were still talking about how they were going to buy this and that, etc. For example, Guy B, we were walking past apartments and he said, oh yeah, you know, I'm going to buy that building soon. Well, I knew for a fact he didn't have the $2 million it took to buy that building, I understand that law of attraction is a great thing. I understand that putting it out there to the universe is a great thing. I'm all for it. But what he was doing was too, it was very weird. It was almost to the sense of going back to number one, it was a sense of being delusional. Also going along with the excessive need for admiration, they love hearing compliments. They love being showered with compliments. They love hearing how great they are. I mean, but who doesn't? That This is where it gets complicated, right, with narcissism, because I love that too. I mean, who doesn't? But they especially love it, and they especially feed on it. Number three, relationships that solely benefit them, meaning they only have relationships that solely benefit them. It's not to benefit you. It's all about them. If the person they're dating looks young and they can show them off, great. In a friend situation, I knew of a narcissist who would only be friends with someone who could financially benefit her. She was friends with a hairstylist esthetician who cut her and her daughter's hair, gave them waxes, etc. And this is all expensive treatments, right? These are all really expensive when you go to the stylist or the esthetician, all for free. She would do it all for free. And if this friend started charging the narcissist, the friend would have been gone. I also had, uh, we'll call her friend T. I had a friend who 
I felt she was never genuine in her friendship with me. She was from another country, and I think she forged a relationship with me in order to have an honorary aunt for her daughter and just to not show me off. Show me off is not the right word, but to show people hey, look, I have this really close American friend who comes to events sometimes, and I never felt the relationship was reciprocated in any way, shape, or form, and I ended up ending the relationship two years ago because of that. Number four, controlling and manipulative behavior. Narcissists will anger if they don't have control. Okay, I'm really embarrassed to admit (laughs) what happened uh, this next example, but I want you guys to hear it so you can at least learn from my example. On an early date with Guy A, he brought me all these things for my bare apartment. I was living in this basement apartment with my dog, and I've talked about it before, and I have nothing. You know, I really, I'm not a material person. I don't have a lot of things. I have, you know, I remember living in that apartment. I maybe had three forks and two knives and three dishes because I just, I don't need a lot of things. That's not who I am. And it really bothered him. So on one of our early dates, I was still a flight attendant. I left him the keys. He went into my apartment. I came home and all of a sudden there was a huge TV there and he had all these kitchen utensils and I think there was a comforter or something like that. There was just tons of stuff and the look on my face said it all. He knew he had screwed up. It was complete overload and I should have kicked him out right then and said, this is unacceptable. You're trying to control me. But in the mental state I was in, I painted that red flag white, right? Me being the empath and saying, you know, this person is a good person. I thought of it as, oh, it's so thoughtful, but it was a form of manipulation. He wanted me to live the way he wanted to live. Another form of manipulation is called love bombing, where the narcissist is all about you at first, gifts, compliments, attention, etc. And once they've got you, they'll reveal their true colors. This happened to me with every single narcissist, even the narcissistic sociopath friend. At first, she came across as the most compassionate human and showered me with love. Then when she had me in her hooks, her behavior changed to moody and angry. This is common for narcissists. They appear happy at first and then reality sets in and their usual state is often depression, anger, jealousy, etc. But remember, there are levels. Narcissistic personality disorder has a spectrum. So the person may not be depressed all the time, but you see it a lot more. The issue is that many narcissists refuse to get professional help. Oh my God, I love this quote. Wait for this quote. (laughs) Guy A said to me that I've learned everything I needed to learn when I was 28. And that was his reason for not getting professional help ever. Now, I wasn't telling him to go get professional help. We were just talking about therapy and everything. And he said, oh, I don't believe in it because I've learned everything I needed to learn when I was 28. Yep, he actually said that. He was 55 and still had narcissistic personality disorder. So, you know, go figure. Um, uh, Oh, it gets better. Oh, it gets much better, you guys. Guy B was a therapist. That's right. And he chose doctors and a therapist who validated his behavior. He was obese with diabetes and high blood pressure, but found a doctor 
who had no problem with his junk food habits and overeating. And you'll see narcissists do this a lot. They'll find professionals or they'll find work where people validate them and their bad habits. It's interesting because once you catch them in their bad habits, and if you want to confront them, you just have to keep to the facts. You can't get emotional about it. You can't start flying off the handle. You just have to be very calm. I was listening to this podcast where one of the podcasters used to be a teacher. In the teacher's room, she and the other teachers were dealing with a narcissist teacher who would steal their lunches out of the fridge. They got sick of it. They tried to confront her. Of course, she, you know, nothing's her fault, right? So what they did was they put in a video camera and they caught her stealing lunches. They sat her down and confronted her and she would not back down until they kept calmly discussing the facts. Here are the facts. We have you on camera. It was 9.18 in the morning. You pulled out Susie's lunch. Here's a fact. We caught you again at 10.15 in the morning. You pulled out Bob's lunch and you started eating it. We have it on camera. And then she broke down and she started crying. I also know of another incident where it's actually really complicated and it involves being a corporate flight attendant and the whole thing. But the woman would not back down again. She was caught on, I think she was caught on paper, not on camera and the person who she tried to set up and the boss confronted her and she ended up finally backing down and crying, but they stuck to the facts. They kept sticking to the facts. That's the only way you can confront a narcissist in that way. So I just want to, you know, put that out there and tell you that. Also, I want to discuss with the love bombing. Love bombing, you know, it can really hook a person in. I was not in a good mental and emotional state when I started dating guy A. I just wasn't. And I had gone through a relationship prior where I was with this person for eight and a half years and they did not call me beautiful. They did not compliment me. It took, you know, took me fishing a compliment out of them to compliment me. So my self-esteem was pretty low at that point. And then all of a sudden I started dating this other guy and he's just complimenting me left and right. Oh my God, I love the way you look. I love your hair. I love your face. I love this. You're so beautiful. Blah, blah, blah. Of course it hooked me in. So just be careful if that is your situation. Number five, nothing is their fault. Ooh, this is a good one. This happened to me 17 years ago. I had a female friend who is a complete narcissist I was driving. She was in the passenger seat. We were on the Massachusetts Turnpike. I asked her to look out her window because it was a weird merge and ask if anyone was coming. I then realized later what she did was she quickly turned her head and turned back and said, oh, you're in the clear. And I ended up getting into a car accident because I hit the person who was coming on. Everything was fine. I mean, The person was fine, I was fine, the whole thing, but she would not apologize, accept responsibility, or give me money towards the accident. I did not ask her for any of that. She was a very, very close friend, but our other close friend, I told him what happened, and he thought it was completely messed up that she didn't at least offer an apology. So that really showed me who she was, and she had a very inflated sense of self, so now I realize years later she's a complete narcissist, but nothing, nothing is their fault. Number six, 
Narcissists do not like rejection at all, and they will fight against it at all costs. When I dumped Guy A in a very nice way, but over text, because honestly, I just couldn't take his BS anymore, he wouldn't accept it. He tried everything to get back together, and I intuitively felt it wasn't because he just loved me so much or thought I was so great. It was because he did not like being dumped. His ego was shattered. I heard a story on a podcast where it was a more high-level example of this, where the woman dumped the man. The man was a narcissist. He tried everything to get her back. She gave in. He was great to her, love-bombed her for months when they were in their you know, second try in the relationship. The anniversary of when she dumped him, he came to her and said, this relationship isn't real. It was never real. I hate you. This is revenge for you dumping me. And basically, I hope you die. So yeah, you can have a narcissist like that, that's high level that will come after you and try to get revenge. That does happen in certain circumstances, but that's a, that's an extreme circumstance. But my whole point is that they do not like rejection. Number seven, Narcissists do not bring out the best in us empaths. You know, for the most part, not everyone, but I think all of us have in us where we're pretty calm and peaceful people, or we strive to be calm and peaceful people. With Guy A, I turned into a yeller, and I'm not a yeller. I'm not someone who yells. In this current relationship with my husband, we don't yell. Yeah, we've raised voices a few times, I'm not going to lie. But we definitely don't full-on yell at each other. Neither of us accept that. And I'm sad to say this, that this is, <laughs> this is what it took for me to end the relationship with Guy A. The final straw was when my dog started hiding under the bed because we were yelling so much and she was so anxious and tense. That's when I knew to end the relationship. And it's a shame it got that far, but it did. I also want to say I never felt good around any of these narcissists. I felt nervous a lot. I felt unsettled. Something was just never right. And that's a really good sign of, you know what, something's not right and I need to end this relationship. I need to distance myself. Something is just not right about this person. Number eight. The narcissist's superpower is their radar or spidey sense to find the people who are empaths like us or people who are in a vulnerable mental and emotional state. They are predators. So we think of predators as something more, but these people are predators too. They can read you in person in 10 seconds flat. Your body language, how you speak, what you say, they have that predator superpower and they know if they can put their hooks in you or not in 10 seconds or less flat. I want you to beware of online too because both guys, guy A and guy B, plus the narcissistic sociopath, plus I think friend T, I found them all online. And that's not to say that online is bad because I've met some wonderful people online. In fact, I had a friend over the other day who I met online and she's phenomenal and fantastic. And I met my women's circle online who is phenomenal and f fantastic. And I had a roommate in Brooklyn who 
would she's Jewish and she would send me Christmas cards so every year and she's a lovely person too and I met all these people online so I don't want to trash online at all but I want you to beware especially with dating what you put in your profile because there was something I put in my profile and I can't tell you what but something made me vulnerable to these people something there was something where they said okay she sounds like she's a little lonely she sounds like she's a little vulnerable I can get my hooks in her so just be careful what you put online I think something that also hurt me is being a creative writer I put a lot of information about myself and that was really really bad because then they can use it too they can say oh she did this and she did that and I can use this and I can use that I wish I had kept it really short and just a paragraph and to the point and been very vague I think the details was where I let myself open to these predators so I just want you to beware if you are online in any capacity So how can we as empaths stop attracting narcissists? But first, of course, we have to take a little break. Please give me five stars if you listen on Apple Podcasts. This helps others find the podcast, which is so important to keep it going. And tell a friend. If you like it, tell your friend. You know, tell your friend on Instagram. Tell your friend at bar class. Tell your friend who you're planting a garden with. I don't know who does that, but, you know, why not? Tell a friend. Follow me on Instagram at Two Inches Off the Ground and on Clubhouse at J India. That's my stage name. It's the letter J and then Space India. Check out my products and services at freespiritpodcast.com. Or if you'd like to donate, please donate to this podcast too because that's what keeps it going. So how can we as empaths stop attracting narcissists? All right, so let's talk about my four points where I truly believe I've done a really good job as an empath stopping and breaking this cycle. Narcissists will show you their true colors up front. You have to listen and accept the truth. The man or the woman who you go on a first date with who says, oh man, I can be a jerk or I can't commit. They show you who they are up front. I even had one guy say to me, "Uh, people tell me I'm a narcissist. That did not last long. That only lasted a date or two. So (laughs) at least I learned my lesson there. But they show you who they are up front. And we show them who we are too, right? So if we're sitting there, and, and they say something like, hey, people tell me I'm a narcissist. And you're like, oh, okay, that's cool. You've now, now their predator spidey sense has gone up about a thousand points and they know they can hook you in. You can't paint red flags white. Whether it's a romantic relationship or a friend, you cannot do it. You have to stop this behavior. A red flag is a red flag. It's a red flag for a reason. It's dangerous, it's something that's going to harm you down the line, or it's going to harm you in the near future, but a red flag is a red flag. When you realize what you're dealing with, if you can, leave. Don't waste your time, especially if it's a first date, if it's a new meeting, if it's a new person, and you do not have to have this person in your life. Because as empaths, we feel for people, right? We don't want to reject people. We don't want to hurt people. That's the last thing we want to do. But we also have to stand our ground. So if this is a new person that you're thinking about bringing into your life, don't do it. 
don't do it. It's only going to be disaster in the long run. Use your intuition. If something's not right, run. Now, here's the problem is, for example, I was not in a good state mentally or emotionally with a lot of these narcissists. So my gut feeling was not the best. I was overriding my gut feeling because I just wasn't in a good space. But then you can use your gut feeling with reactions to what they do. So maybe my first initial gut feeling was tamped down, but then they started reacting to certain things and I kept getting that gut feeling and it became stronger and then I realized. So for example, with guy A on the first date, he kept talking over me and he said he was just really excited. And guess what? I painted that red flag white and I accepted it. On the second date, he said he only lasted a couple dates with a woman who was offended because he called another woman beautiful in front of her. That shows lack of respect right there. And I accepted it. Instead, I should have ran. Those were gut feelings where I, I paused for just a minute and I said, hmm, that sounds weird or that's, it doesn't sound right or, or something. But then I overrode it. So always listen to that instinct first. He was telling me exactly who he was and I overruled my intuition. If you know you're in a bad place in life or that's a little strong, but a vulnerable place in life, if you're not in a good place mentally and emotionally, watch who you're attracting. That's what happened to me with a narcissistic sociopath friend. I was desperate for a close friend at the time. I was lonely. I was living in a basement apartment with my dog. Guy A had given me terrible advice and he said, oh my God, you can't keep living here. That's horrible. And then when I moved, I ended up meeting the narcissistic sociopath who I would have never met if I was in the right mental and emotional state and not taking Guy A's advice. But you know what? Everything happens as it should. And I'm the one who made the decision. So I can only blame myself at the end of the day. I can't, can't blame him for that. So when this narcissistic sociopath, when she met me and was introduced, she recognized every sign of, you know, what I just said of me being desperate and lonely and used me to her advantage until she couldn't anymore because I finally realized what was going on and I was able to win that battle. So take a good look at yourself and the people you're attracting. Now that I'm in a great place in my life, my friends are great people. I love all my friends. I can trust them. They're wonderful. The groups I go to, the people I surround myself with are phenomenal. Shut off that part of yourself that's attracting narcissists. You know, still be an empath. We're all empaths, or most of us are empaths here, right? You can still be caring and loving and feeling, and we love people, we love animals, we love helping people, we love being in service. There is nothing wrong with that. That is who you are, and that's a wonderful thing. But once you get a hint, sniff, or whiff that this person is a narcissist, if you can, remove them from your life completely or distance yourself as best you can. If I even get just a small intuitive feeling about someone, I'm done. I will not engage with the person. It's not worth my time and it's not worth my energy. Every single time, I want you guys to listen to this. Every single time I've given a person whom I intuited was a narcissist a second chance, it backfired. Stay far away if you can. 
If it's a close relationship, you will have to examine what you're willing to put up with in your life. And you'll have to examine yourself closely and why it's acceptable behavior to you. For me, because of what I've been through with all these narcissists, none of it is acceptable. But it's easier said than done because I've created a life that's easier to do this. I work from home. I keep a small circle of friends. I'm an introvert. I don't need a lot of socialization. And the only family I'm close with is my immediate family. I don't have any relationships with relatives. That's the life I've built and that's what works for me. But of course that doesn't work for everyone. What happens if you go to mom groups? What happens if you come from a big family? Your spouse has a big family. What happens, you know, if you go to work like a normal person and you work with 20 people or you're a teacher and you get new students, you get literally 200 new students every year with a set of new parents or new parents. It's easier said than done. That's the life I live. But you have to think about how to manage it in your life. And if you're an empath, you know we absorb other people's energy. So you really have to go into these situations, put a white light around you, think about law of attraction, who you're attracting to yourself constantly, and just put the good energy out there. And I think that will solve the problem. But these other tips too... You really have to stop certain behavior patterns. And that's the only way that worked for me. When I ended my relationship with friend T two years ago, that was probably the last narcissist. Actually, there was one more small narcissist, but we got rid of her quickly. But <laughs> but pretty much that was the last narcissist I had in my life. And that was it. And things changed for me. And I started to attract the best people I could possibly attract. I have friends that are just amazing and I could only dream of. So you can do it. You can do it. There's a lot of boundary setting. There's a lot of protectionism. But I know you can do it and you can figure it out. I hope this episode has helped you as an empath realize what you're doing to attract narcissists and how to stop doing it. As empaths, we can attract the right people, just as I said. And quite frankly, if you discover you're a narcissist, people do recover from this mental disorder. It's not talked about a lot, but they do recover from it. And please think about reaching out for professional help if you think you have narcissistic tendencies or narcissistic personality disorder. Until next time, live your life two inches off the ground.